After 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nahum Siegel. Welcome to a Monday. Back to school, back to work we go. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
a.m. in the a.m. Monday morning at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, and around the world on the web, jmandtheam.org. Simcha Liner had Shomer Yisrael. You heard Ut Ut, that's Miami. Yaakov Shweki and Osim Chuva, Eitan Cats with Hatov. The Weiner Brothers had the Modani Wake Up Country Jam. Masecha Hashem, our Monday morning theme song, that's Mayor Sherman and Regesh. Modani opening things up. As we say, good morning. It's Monday on this May 11th, the 22nd of ER. Today is day 37 in the counting of the Omer. That's five weeks and two days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Day 37 in the counting of the Omer. Yom Yerushalayim is Sunday. Shvuis is the following Sunday. Yeah, Memorial Day weekend is Shvuis. 70 degrees, 87% humidity, winds are west at 6 miles per hour. Partly cloudy with a high temperature of 83. Unseasonably warm is what it's being called. Don't worry. This will break about Wednesday. <laughs> we'll get back to where we're supposed to be in the month of May. Partly cloudy tonight, a low 67. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high temperature, 89 degrees. Yeah, that'll do it. I think that's it. I think Tuesday night, the uh, the numbers break. <laughs> they go into the, into the usual range. Yerushalayim right now at 76 with partly cloudy skies. We're at 70 here in Jersey City as we say good morning at JM and the AM. It's a Monday. We're heading back to school and back to work. I thank you all for tuning in. Hope you had a wonderful weekend. Big thank you to Matis One Guest hosting the uh, JM Sunday Mother's Day edition yesterday. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And um, here we are as we uh, open up a brand new week. Mayor Weingarten will follow JM and the AM. He's got a brand new live edition of the Israel Show coming up. He'll analyze the uh, struggle of Prime Minister Netanyahu to put the finishing touches on his government. He'll also have thoughts on the 70th anniversary of the end of World War II, great Israeli music mix. Make sure to like the uh, Facebook page for The Israel Show. It's facebook.com slash The Israel Show. Facebook.com slash The Israel Show. We'll get you what you need in terms of uh, um, seeing and, and hearing the different items that the mayor posts throughout the show. He does a lot of that. It's really, really cool. Monday morning, it's JM in the AM as we continue at 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial and around the world on the web. It's JM in the AM dot ORG. Through I 
soul's memories faded His heart's been filled with complicated I can't face the emptiness inside Where are you now? I'm covering my eyes Let's see. 
Yoel Shurabi, Al Tashlicheni. Abishter done by Eli Schwebel. Yummy Lowy, who was brilliant last night at the uh, Herrenstein Kolach wedding in New York City uh, with the Aaron Tadabam Orchestra, Yisrael Lamb and company. It was just amazing. Um, and of course, Shlemy Daskal during the chuppah. Uh, anyway, that was Yomi Lowy with Ahava Hashem. Sachya had Admatai, Barry Weber with Achenu. You heard Simcha Liner with Shomer Yisrael. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Around the world. Oh, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Plenty coming up on this Monday, on this day 37 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Mayor Weingarten with the Israel Show two hours from now. It'll be a live edition starting at 9 o'clock. We'll have plenty to say about the formation of the Israeli government, plus the 70-year anniversary of the end of World War II. 
That's all coming up with Mayor between 9 and 10 this morning right after JM and the AM. Make sure to be tuned in at jmtheam.org or use the NSN app where you can comment on anything that's happening as you listen to us during our 24-hour stream. The NSN app for your Android and iPhone, a very cool app to have, trust me. Galit Sal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next at JM and המשטרה הודיעה כי עוד השבוע יוגשו כתבי אישום נגד רונאל פישר ורב פקד אירן מלכה בבית המשפט כתבנו רום ליאור. מלכה אמר לכתבים בבית המשפט כי הוא אינו מעוניין להיות עד מדינה והוסיף אני לוקח אחריות על המעשים שלי ואשלם את המחיר. בנוסף, קצין המשטרה לשעבר הסביר כי הסיבה ללקיחת השוחד על ידו לכאורה לא הייתה הכסף. נקלעתי לתוך זה, הוא אמר, לא הייתה לי שליטה. ומעצרו של פישר הוארך בחמישה ימים. הנה דברים שאמרה בסיום הדיון עורכת דינו קרן שפירא. הפרשה הזאת מכונה בימים האחרונים פרשת רונל פישר, מהטעם היחיד שרונל פישר היה אדם מפורסם לפני שהיא פרצה. אבל עכשיו יש לנו כבר הצהרת תובע, מדובר כאן בקצין משטרה שמדליף חומרי חקירה במהלך חקירות לאדם שהוא אדם פרטי, שהוא לא עובד ציבור. זה צריכה להיות פרשת ערן מלכה החל מעתה. מתה מפצעיה, ילדה בת שלוש שנפגעה בשריפה בשכונת סילואן שבירושלים. כתבנו יותם ברגר. הילדה בת השלוש נפצעה קשה הבוקר בשריפה שפרצה בדירה בשכונת סילואן שבמזרח העיר. מותה נקבע בבית החולים הדסה הר הצופים. מהשריפה שפרצה הבוקר נפצעו קשה גם ילד כבן חמש ואישה כבת עשרים וחמש. גבר בן חמישים נפצע בינוני. הכבאים השתלטו על האש הבוקר וחקירת נסיבות פרוץ השריפה נמשכת. פיגוע הדקירה הבוקר ליד מישור אדומים. אחותו של הצעיר שנדקר ונפצע בינוני, שוחחה לפני זמן קצר עם יעל דן. חיכה בסומת לאוטובוס לישיבה שלו, והיה שם חבורת ערבים. קצת חשש, כי הם היו הרבה אנשים. מישהו בא מאחוריו ותפקע לסכין בגב, הוא בתושייה רבה פשוט רץ לכביש. פשוט אה, נכנס לאוטו של אה, זוג, והוא בשוק. ונראה לי ההרגשה היא פשוט קשה שמישהו פוגע לך סתם ככה בלי שום סיבה. שר החינוך הקודם, שי פירון מיש עתיד, מותח ביקורת חריפה על התנהלות הקואליציה. הוא דיבר עם רינו צרור. אני מזהה בעיקר סעיפים שהם מלמדים על התבהמות חברתית. אני מזהה סעיפים שהם אומרים שמערכת החינוך הישראלית היא יהלום שבכתר השיח הציבורי בישראל הולכת להתרסק. עכשיו תעמדו מול ההסכמים האלה ותראו, דואגים לכם? מישהו סופר אתכם בכלל? תראו לי סעיף אחד, אחד, שמתייחס למישהו שאין לו? תראו一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一些一
Rebbe, Rebbe, Rebbe. Lepinen sich mit Kasche sein zu dir. Rebbe, Rebbe, Rebbe. Lepinen sich mit Kasche sein zu dir. Rebbe, Rebbe, Rebbe. Lepinen sich mit Kasche sein zu dir. Rebbe, Rebbe, Rebbe. Wir wollen sich mit Kasche sein zu dir. Hine nie, mit Kasche nach dir. Ruch ihn, wenn ich muss ihn. Hine nie, mit Kasche nach dir. Ruch ihn, wenn ich muss ihn. Thank you. 
Before that, Itzik Dadya with Mia Deer. That is quite a tune. Yehuda Green had Rebbe Rebbe opening up this set here at JM in the AM. Monday morning, we had our news from Israel earlier. And um, Mayor Weingarten will explore the news a little bit more coming up at 9 o'clock this morning on the Israel Show as he discusses the formation of the Israeli government. Today's day 37 in the counting of the Omer, five weeks and two days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. 70 degrees, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 83. Tonight, partly cloudy, a low of 67. Tomorrow, partly cloudy, a high of 89. Wow. That'll do it for the really warm weather, I believe. I think that finally breaks tomorrow night. Hey, I want to wish a mazel tov to the many, many, many honorees at last night's uh, Good Israel of America dinner. I want to give a special mazel tov to Rabbi Menashe Miller, who was a recipient of the um, William K. Friedman Award. Menashe Miller has joined us on the air in the past. I don't know if he's currently the mayor of Lakewood. Um, at one time, he certainly was the mayor of Lakewood. I don't know. I, I, it's, it seems every time I check in, they, <laughs> at, at some point, he's again the mayor of Lakewood. Uh, but I want to take this opportunity to wish him a very special Mazel And I want to take this opportunity as well to wish Rabbi Shmuel Bloom a special Mazel He was presented with the Rimosha Sherer Memorial Award last night. To say well-deserved is an understatement. So to Rabbi Bloom a, a very special Mazel as well. And to all the honorees, of course. I want to make sure to point them out here on a Monday morning broadcast at JM in the AM. Uh see what else is happening here. Tomorrow night, the Yeshiva University High School's annual dinner takes place. Another amazing list of honorees. A special mazel tov to uh, Mrs. Rachel and Rabbi Steve Berg, to Mrs. Aliza and Mr. Avi Lauer, Rabbi Alfred Cohen, Magid Shear at the uh, Yeshiva University High School for Boys, and Mrs. Ruth Freed, Science Department Chair at the Yeshiva University High School for Girls. Dinner is taking place tomorrow night at Marina Del Rey. We look forward to celebrating with this amazing list of honorees. Information you can uh, call 212-960-5337, 960-5337. A special hello to those who are getting ready for Wednesday's mission to Washington. Norpac leaves early Wednesday morning. Make sure you have the uh, NSN app on as you travel down to Washington with your uh, headphones. So you can listen in on everything that's going on here as you head down to D.C. It is uh, an amazing mission that uh, every year brings close to or sometimes over 1,000 people to Washington. And you know how important it is this year. If you're in NORPAC this year, 
I'm going to give you all a very special thank you because there's a lot of different things that must be discussed with members of the House and Senate this year, that's for sure. Information, you can go to the NORPAC website and uh, and join them for that very important mission that's this coming Wednesday. What else is going on in our amazing community? This coming Sunday, there's a um, special gathering about Harazesim. Its future is at a critical stage. This coming Sunday, Moshe Tovia Leaf and leading Gedolei Yisrael will be a uh, will be presenting a morning of chizuk for the work of the International Committee for the Preservation of Harazesim. Speakers include Rav Aaron Feldman, Rav Shmuel Kamenetsky, Menachem Lubinsky, Malcolm Honline, Rav Chaim David Zwiebel. They'll all be part of it this coming Sunday. Information at 718-854-4450. 718-854-4450 for information on that. And the Yachad run in the five towns is this Sunday. Starts at 8.30 in the morning in North Woodmere Park. It's a 5K. Go to teamyachad.com to get information. Again, that's teamyachad.com to get information. Celebrate Israel Parade. You want to... Uh, Circle the 31st of May on your calendar. It's going to be the Sunday after Shavuos. We will have our uh, webcast on Fifth Avenue. Very much looking forward to that. Celebrate Israel Parade on the 31st of May. There will be a concert in the park afterwards. I spoke with Dr. Frager and Dr. Brody. They have put together another amazing lineup for the concert in the park. And um, not just uh, singers. They've put together a very impressive lineup of personalities who are going to be speaking as well. And um, we'll remind you as we get closer for that uh, very, very special Sunday in New York City. Yehuda Katz is next. It's JM in the AM.
Hey, the rumor is that today is uh, Stephen Cohen's 18th birthday. Happy birthday, Stephen. One of the nicest guys you ever want to meet. Anybody who's uh, hanging out in... Uh, oh, I don't know where Stephen's hanging out today. Bergen County, maybe? Anybody who comes across the uh, wonderful Stephen Cohen today, you make sure to wish him a very happy birthday. Big number 18. Monday morning broadcast, day 37 in the counting of the Omer. Very interesting project. <laughs> A very interesting project has um, been announced. An initiative, an initiative to land a Torah on the moon. I'm not kidding. We'll have that. Goel Jasper is going to join us. He's in from Israel. He's going to join us in a couple of minutes and talk about this. Uh, very interesting. I, this is right up my alley, right up my alley. <laughs> so we'll talk about it coming up here at JM in the AM. Rabbi David Goldwasser's words, Zechanish Masar of Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We learn in Vayikra, you shall count for yourselves seven weeks and they shall be complete. The Sefer Achinuch notes that the essence of the Jewish nation is Torah. And this principle is the source of the mitzvah. We were commanded to count from the second day of Pesach until Shavuos. It demonstrates our passion for the special day of Shavuos. Once again, we accept the Torah on the day of Shavuos. It's comparable to a servant who counts every day until the moment that he will finally be free. The Talmud Yerushalmi relates that when Rabbo arrived in Tveria, his face was shining. The Talmidim of Rabbi Yochanan thought he must have found a treasure. Rabbi Yochanan thought otherwise. He inquired of Rabbo exactly what he had just heard. Rabbo answered that he had come across an old Tosefta, whereupon Rabbi Yochanan exclaimed, 
A man's wisdom lights up his face. Chochma Sodom, Torah How did Rabbi Yochanan know Rabbi Bo's radiance was attributable to a Devar Torah? Maybe he had indeed discovered a treasure. It's explained that for an individual like Rabbi Bo, his essence was Torah. Nothing else was important. Only the Devar Torah would generate this extreme joy that would illuminate his face. Especially during these days of Sphira, we're encouraged to be involved with Torah learning. It's highlighted by the fact that during this period, we recall the Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva, one of the greatest Tanoim. The importance of Torah learning is supreme. It's for that reason that many undertake an extra study session, an extra Seder during this time. For instance, there are 49 daf, folios, in the Tractate of Shavuos, one for each day during the period of Sphira. Others undertake study sessions in character improvement, in Musr, in Midos. In addition to learning, we should also be involved in increasing our Avasa Torah, our love for Torah, during this time especially, as it says in Shira Shirim, Shlomo HaMelech compares Torah to honey. Rav Mani explains that just as it's difficult to extract honey from the beehive, why? Because it's guarded by stinging bees, so too there are Ruchos things that prevent us from trying to ascend the levels of Kedusha in partaking in Torah. A person has to contrive to learn Torah. Otherwise, success is doubtful. We know that the Yetzahara, the evil inclination, works against us to impede our good intentions. The Yetzahara knows, Barasi Yetzahara, Barasi Torah Tavlin, that the Torah was created as an antidote to combat the corruption of the Yetzahara. During this time, our Avoida is to overcome the challenges that may intercede our efforts to ascend the levels of Kedusha and become closer to Hashem. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser, bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. J.M. and the A.M. on this Monday, day 37 in the counting of the Omer. Well, as I said earlier, believe it or not, there is an, an initiative to land a Torah on the moon. <laughs> a values-driven space initiative determined to land a Torah on the moon. It's led by a French-Israeli entrepreneur, Torah on the Moon. And by the way, there's information at TorahOnTheMoon.com. Aims to send a Torah to the moon to celebrate the ancient books and innumerable contributions to morality, justice, education, culture, arts, and sciences, as well as refocus society on the core values it contains. Spokesperson for the values, or I should say for the Torah on the Moon uh, project is Goel Jasper, who's in from Israel. Goel, welcome to JM in the AM. Thanks a lot, Malcolm. It's great to be here. Why is it important... To land a Torah on the moon. Uh, you know, I don't think necessarily that it's uh, important uh, itself to land a Torah on the moon. What what the founder of the initiative, Paul Uzerate, uh decided was it's important to emphasize the Torah more than it is being emphasized in society today. And he said to himself, I need to draw attention to the Torah. And the best way to draw attention to the Torah is to send it to the moon, because the moon is the ultimate in science and technology in terms of uh, man's efforts to get there and to do things there and to connect that um, focus on technology 
with the ultimate in what everyone's priority should be, which oh, is the yeah. Torah, was his concept. Oh, I, I totally get it. I think I think it's wonderful, and I and I think it's going to bring incredible publicity to the Torah. And it and you know if you if, if we're going to expand humanity. You know, to another another uh, another area of the solar system. In this case, the Earth's moon. Then you have to establish a you know you have to establish a Torah there. Obviously, right? And you, 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 you can't you can't have a Chabad on the moon without a Torah, right? <laughs> I think you know. I think that that it's important for people to say uh, to to realize what what's going on here. You know, people say to us, "This is just a stunt," and right. we say. Yes, it is a stunt. Right. And it's a stunt with a message. And there are many uh, important initiatives to give to. We're not saying, you know, give to this instead of feeding hungry people. We're not saying that at all. We're saying the Torah is is the ultimate in what our priority should be, and we need to emphasize that. And, you know, the founder of the project, the, the reason why he created this project is he was sitting in his house one day, and he was watching his children. Uh, just going from screen to screen, iPad, computer, TV, whatever it was. And he said, there's something wrong when everything's about technology and, you know, five-second sound bites. Right. So he said, I need to shock the system, in essence, and help people understand that Torah is the priority. Yeah, no question. TorahOnTheMoon.com, by the way, is the website. All right, for those who are worried that an unmanned spacecraft is going to be carrying the Torah, and, you know, we don't, we don't know how we could possibly supervise the safety of that Torah. What could you tell them? Well, you know, there's an organization in Israel uh, run by Orthodox rabbis called the Tzomet Institute. Uh, this is the organization that helps um, Shomer Shabbat doctors do their jobs in the way that conforms to halacha the, the best way, creating keyboards that are not um, forcing a Chilul Shabbat, and uh, and uh, computers and and other things that uh, you know people are in, in the United States are probably familiar with the concept of the Tzomet phone in a synagogue in sure. case of emergency. Right. So these these guys at Tzomet Institute are very involved in the project. Everything that we've been doing has been with their approval, and they continue to remain involved. Their big their big excitement is they want to also plan the Hachnasat Sefer Torah oh. when it's time to actually uh, oh. you know, go down to wherever it might be, Cape oh. Canaveral or somewhere else, to oh. actually launch it. That is great. Oh, I <laughs> love it. Goel Jasper is with us. I want to tell you something. And I, you know, I can't, I cannot overstate this. If Tzomet's involved, it's got to be a serious project. They take these things very, very seriously. So not, not that you and others are not serious about it. Everybody involved is, but Tzomet, you know, gives it a tremendous stamp of approval. It's, it's a stamp of approval for sure. And I have to tell you, it's, they're not simply approving it. They're jazzed about it. Right. They think it's a really cool thing because at the end of the day, they want the world to understand the value of Torah in technology. So, you know, this is right up their alley. The European Space Agency is also involved. Obviously, we need to make sure that things are done in a way that the the Torah is preserved, for, you know, from a scientific perspective. Right. Uh, out out in space, it's not exactly the same kind of uh, elements we're used to here. So they're involved to make sure that things work out on that and, side. And also in our tradition, we're always wary of unaccompanied Torahs, so we have to make special provisions for that as well. Correct, right. correct, and and uh, and you know we're, we're excited about how things are going so far. The the um, the uptake of people purchasing letters uh, because really what this is 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 a combination of sending the Torah and also a fundraising effort for the purpose of being able to say, hey, you know, I I had a share in this Torah going to the moon. Yeah. The same way someone in the synagogue may 
uh, you know, purchase letter a letter in a new Sefer Torah. Right. Well, we're doing it with this as well. I don't know how anybody could avoid doing this. I'm telling <laughs> you, it's like I think it's brilliant. Anyway, um, have we decided if it will be an Ashkenazi or a Sephardi Torah that's going to be traveling to space? Uh, yeah, that's that's actually a great question. Of, co- of course, weight is always an issue when you're talking about space travel. Right. Um, so I, and and height as well, Nahum. So I'm afraid you're not going to be able to accompany it. <laughs> Um, but, yeah, I wouldn't um, fit on that spacecraft. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be an Ashkenazi Torah. It's going to be a fairly small Torah because uh, payload is always a consideration. All the information you want to find out about the project is available on TorahOnTheMoon.com. Whether you want to buy letters, whether you want to just look into this fascinating project and see what it's all about, and as, as well as questions like the one you just asked. Yeah, boy, I'm telling you, I think it's really, really cool. Uh, and there really will be a celebration where, wherever this spacecraft takes off from. There really will be a celebration at some point. Absolutely. You know, I, I'm not a rabbi, but I'm pretty sure it's a requirement that that, <laughs> that there has to be a Ahmasat Sefer Torah. So, so if that's the case, then we're going to do it the right way. Right. And you mentioned that it's going to be. I mean, and one time you told us Cape Canaveral, but it sounded like the European Space Agency is, is coordinating this. Where, where is it going to be happening? Correct. So the founder himself uh, comes from France originally, and he has a strong contact at the European Space Agency. Ah. So they've been involved. We're not clear yet on which um, team um, is going to be involved uh, in actually bringing the Safer Torah. We have discussions with representatives from certain countries. Obviously, it's a sensitive topic, so I can't mention specific countries right. at this point. Um, Israel is certainly something we would love to be uh, to be focused on in terms of making it happen. Um, but uh, one way or another, we're going to get this thing up to them. Oh, I can't wait to see which countries come out against this. Can't wait to see it. <laughs> you know it's going to happen, right? I mean, you know that someone's going to be upset with this. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> that's fine. We we want people to, to also be upset about this because we want the the discussion to be focused on Torah. So, right. you know, we're not expecting that everybody's going to fall in line. Uh, but we think that more more people are than aren't, and and uh, again, the priority here is bringing attention to to Torah with this initiative. Have you decided who's going to be selling the Aliyahs on the moon? Has that been decided yet? <laughs> I don't I don't know, but I sure hope there's a Kohen and Aliyah. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Could you? Yeah, how do you say Ain Khan Kohen up in space? <laughs> you'd have, you'd have to be a little more general than that, I guess. No, no Kohen for thousands of miles. I guess you'd have to say. Anyway, there you have it, folks. It's TorahOnTheMoon.com. Could you imagine that there is an effort underway to get a safer Torah, to send a safer Torah, uh, and to actually celebrate the fact that it's heading to the moon, um, and uh, and to call attention to the morality and justice and education and culture and art and science that the society should be refocusing on. That's the whole purpose of this of this project. You can get information TorahOnTheMoon.com. You can buy letters. You can buy phrases. You can support the project. I don't know how anybody wouldn't want to be part of this. And as you heard, the Tomed Institute has a role as well. They're going to make sure that Torah is uh, housed properly and will be uh, launched in an unmanned uh, spacecraft uh, according to all halachic regulations like they do for so many different projects. Uh, Goel Jasper, this is very, very exciting. Thanks for bringing it to our attention. Uh, Simply, people should go to the website, right? Absolutely, TorahOnTheMoon.com, and thanks a lot for having me, Nachum. Have a great day. Thank you so much. TorahOnTheMoon.com. Torah with an H at the end, on the moon. Dot com. Could you imagine? Who's going to get that Chabad assignment? You know, every time we have a Chabad rabbi in here, not every time, but many times, we talk about the luck of the draw of who gets which assignment. You know, who gets Siberia and who gets Honolulu. Who's going to get the moon? Who's going to be heading up to space?
to try to gather up a minion on the moon, I'd like to know. It's probably not that far off, I'll tell you that much. Day 37 in the counting of the Omer. Plenty more coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. It's Benny Friedman with Hine. You heard Shlemy Daskal, who was amazing last night at the uh, the Herrenstein Kolach Chuppah. I want to thank Aaron Teitelbaum, his incredible orchestra with Yisrael Lamb. Shlemy Daskal with a Chuppah, and Yomi Lowy was uh, singing at the reception afterwards. Uh, that's the uh, song entitled Menagain. Before that, a couple from the brand-new Miami CD. You heard Inve and Lobashamayimhi. Thought we'd play that after the Torah on the Moon discussion. 8 o'clock in the morning on a Monday, day 37 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. It is America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial. Broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Rabbi Kenneth Brander is here. He's vice president for university and community life at Yeshiva University. He has written an amazing piece about being the father of an Israeli soldier, something that some of us think about. He uh, gets to experience it on a regular basis, a daily basis. And he is here in studio at JM and the AM. Rabbi Brander, welcome back to JM and the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's always a uh, pleasure to be here. I feel like uh, the JM and the AM studios are just basically a satellite of Yeshiva University, so Woo! it's a pleasure to welcome you home, Nachum. <laughs> Thank you very much, like you do when I'm on the campus. Hope things are going well on the campus. This is it. This Thank is the final God. week of Thank semester. Thank God. Final week of semester, but we have a robust uh, summer program. Oh, that's right. And, of course, we have the June Zman. Right. Uh, so uh, there's never a dearth of students on the campus. So Baruch Hashem, it's... Uh, it's very nice, and it looks like it's a wonderful uh, June Zaman, and it looks like it will be a wonderful uh, summer of courses. And it's the first time that we're not only offering courses on the campus, but also on the virtual campus right. through YU Global. So right. it's exciting on m- multiple fronts. Yeah, we had a long session about YU Global here on the air, and uh, the days of uh, an inactive campus are gone. Now, even if you don't see many people on the main campus, maybe during the summer, still thousands are going to be uh, studying and learning through the virtual uh, outlet. Yes, so. it's wonderful. Uh, on the weekend of May 22nd, which is Memorial Day weekend, uh, it happens to be the holiday of Shavuos. Now, when you at Yeshiva University, and we'll get to your article in a minute. I want to do this first so we can actually get to the article. When you at Yeshiva University on an annual basis announce the Ritz Shavuos Yarche Kala, uh, I have been told that it usually sells out within minutes, that, there, that there's never a space left. Are there spaces still remaining for Memorial Day weekend Shvu is 5775? Well, I th- um, the answer to that question is there are a few spaces still left. Okay. I think we uh, took more hotel rooms than we have in the past uh, uh, to make sure that we could accommodate all of the people that wanted to come. Uh, so there's some limited rooms availability. And under the leadership of Rabbi Penner, who has put together this wonderful Shavuos program, this is the fourth one, I believe, that he's put together. It's just a wonderful lineup. You have uh, Rashi Yeshiva, like Rav Schachter and Rav Feldman. You have unbelievable personalities like Rabbi J.J. Schachter and Mrs. C.B. Nourishel and Dr. Rona Novak and so many others. It's just a wonderful, wonderful program. Uh, President Joel will be joining. Uh, Josh Joseph will be do- joining. It's just a wonderful weekend where people can socialize but engage in Torah. There's all different types of topics. And... Uh, I've been on the program already twice, right. and I have to tell you, it's just, 
it's just a very exciting program, and uh, people gain so much from it. I was at a barbecue for Mother's Day yesterday uh, at my sister's home. Someone walked in who's on the block, walked over to me and said, we haven't made reservations yet, but uh, we hear there's one or two rooms. My, your sister told us to come over to make sure that we could uh, find a room. So the bottom line is that... Uh, there is those opportunities, and Yeshiva University tries to take its Torah outside the coastlay based Medrash, outside the walls of the Beit Midrash. And, of course, there will still be a Shavuos program on campus, right. so some of the Russian Yeshiva will be there. It's just a wonderful opportunity to share the Torah of YU um, and the personalities of YU with the larger uh, Jewish community. And uh, this year there's a bonus day. They have the Shabbos before Shavuos as well. It's actually a three-day program instead of a two-day program, so an extra bonus. Three-day program with, again, a lot of different personalities. You can go on the um, – you can call up if you're interested in uh, in information about the rooms, 646-592-4021, 646-592-4021, or an email address, very uh, easy to remember, Shavuos. Yk meaning Yarchaikala at yu.edu, Shavuos Yk at yu.edu, or if you go on the Yu Torah site, yutorah.org, uh, there's an icon there that you can click and get all of the information. All right, there you go. So everybody out there can get that information. Join everybody at uh, Yu Reads for Shavuos. It is an amazing program, like I said. And uh, lucky enough, uh, they have more rooms this year than in the past, so uh, there's still room. Available, take advantage. All right, um, why did you feel the need uh, to write an article about what it's like to be the father of an Israeli soldier? So I actually did not write an article. Um, what happened was that, uh, as you are familiar with Nahum, uh, Yeshiv University has Anyom Hazikaron and Yom Matzma'ut. It has a program which the students put together, and the students asked me, as a method, uh, as a ma- as a way of introducing the soldiers um, who are now students at YU who served in the IDF to introduce it and to speak of what it means to be a father of a soldier in the IDF. So I gave the speech. Um, ah, it's a so short these, speech. So these printed words are based right. on that. So speech. it's a transcript right. of the speech, um, and it was, there was around 1,700 students in Lamport. It's a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. Um, How many of them are, in fact, former Israeli soldiers? So I think there's around 25 young men who are uh, former on campus. Now? On campus, I know that they uh, have a little club <laughs> called Soldiers in Exile, um, and uh, I know that some of them get together uh, once a week uh, for like lunch and pizza and just to talk out. Obviously especially those who just recently came back for the, you know, in September. Right. Many of them had gone through the war in Gaza. So it's important for them to have that chevra and to have those conversations. And there are many, many women uh, on the Stern campus, a few actually who served as teachers in the Israeli army, and many who have served actually in Sherut Lumi. Right. In fact... Uh, looking to next year, we think that this is the largest group of women who have taken a leave of absence from coming to YU Stern College to join in Sherut Lumi national for the service. upcoming natural, you know, national. national service for the upcoming year. Unbelievable, yeah. incredible. Thank you. So you get up, and uh, obviously, with this acknowledgement of how many people on the campus are uh, former Israeli soldiers, and continue to have that distinction, and you try to convey what it's like to be a parent of a soldier. First of all, 
we all know the answer to this question, but I want to ask it in your specific case. Why did your son decide to join the army? I don't. I don't know if there's one specific reason, and um, I think that there are a few different contributing factors. One factor, I believe, is the fact that he is a grandchild of Holocaust survivors. Uh, my my in-laws of blessed memory both went through the Shoah, um, and it was something that my in-laws uh, communicated uh, to us, um, as well as to our uh, to our children. Um, and my father, he should live and be well. Also uh, went through the Shoah. He was a hidden child, and he re- rarely speaks about it. Although, if he's listening, I would love him to communicate some of those uh, experiences, at least to his grandchildren. Um, and, but I think my my son definitely knows that, and he definitely feels it. Um, his time in Yeshivat Haaretzion. Uh, was a very moving experience for him, seeing all his chavrusas. He was in Rav Moshe Lichtenstein's year and other shiurim, other classes and lectures with uh, Israelis uh, who were serving in the army. And then during his time at uh, Gush, he went on the um, on the trip to Poland, and I think. I think it, he just realized that why does he have lef, less responsibility than his friends who are serving in the IDF? And he came to us actually the morning after one of our children got married when we were uh, totally focused on this issue. Uh, asked us to go for breakfast and while my wife held it together throughout the entire wedding, um, uh, at breakfast at Poppy's, she basically fell apart uh, when he asked permission that he wanted to serve in the IDF which obviously you can't send them to religious Zionist schools and you can't preach and then, you know, God forbid your kids actually listen to what you have to say. <laughs> right. and then basically it does say, happen once in a while. Yeah, <laughs> we never really wanted you to listen to us. We just felt robotically that we had to articulate this message. Um, and he serves as a sharpshooter in the Golani Brigade. He just finished a tour of du- duty right outside of Shrem. Now he's going to Hard Dove, uh, which has also been a little bit... Uh, noisy as of late um but we're very proud of him and very nervous uh at the same time i can only imagine all right kenneth brander is here vice president for university and community life in yeshiva university and his son is now in the israeli army as you hear uh you you, and some of the things you mention uh uh, during this speech which becomes this blog this article uh you sleep with your phone uh you know at the ready um, you would love to hear from him no matter what time of day or night, right? That's safe to say. Yes, I mean... Because very often you're blacked out, and I don't mean officially, it's just there'll be many hours at a time, if not days, where you will not hear from him, right? Yes, there are... There. First of all, my wife seemed, um, you know, and it's not a joke, but when we know he's off base, that he gets what's called a regila, when he gets some vacation time, or some free time, and when you're when you're on what's called kav, basically when you're in a place like you're serving on the border or you're serving again, like near Shechem, you you're on a certain amount of days and you're off a certain amount of days. Right. My wife sleeps really great on the days in which she's <laughs> off. So it's on days which are challenging. Which are challenging. Um, but then you know that there are times in which he's doing guard duty or he's in some pillbox somewhere watching some area that he cannot even have his phone on his person, even if it's off because uh, of the fear that it can be tracked even when it's off, and therefore it needs to be put somewhere else. So we know 
that he, uh, you know, as I said in as I said in the speech, which became an article. When our other children tell us they're going out for the night, it's either, you know, they're going with friends to a pizza shop or they're going to the Beit Midrash or they're going to a shear or they're going to have fun or going to a movie. When he says he's going out at night, it could be to patrol the streets, you know, of a yeshuv or to do some, do some work, uh, in Shechem for finding terrorists or things of that nature. It's a different type of understanding of going out at night. Um, and we know that this week, he should live, he should be well. Um, he's on some training base where he told us that he might not have uh, access to his cell phone for the entire week. So there are those times in which he, you know, which he's not contacting us, but your other children sometimes don't respond to your texts also, <laughs> but when he doesn't respond to our texts, you know, we know it's for a different reason. Um, when's the last time you saw him? We saw him over Pesach. Uh, the army uh, has been very nice and and let him out uh, for Pesach. Um, we've I've also because of my Yeshiv University work, I've been in Israel a few times. My wife has uh, also gone to Israel several times when she has off from work. Um, so we try to see him as much as we can. Um, and uh, you know, again, p- please God, his service uh, will be over in, in the beginning of July. And so uh, he'll be coming back to uh, YU, joining uh, several other, other of his friends who are actually um, who are actually in the army now, and will be coming to Yeshiva University next year. I actually spoke to him yesterday, where he was telling me he was working on his registration to go to YU. <laughs> you know, we do registration in Israel. The army is not letting him off for registration, but Yeshiva University is not the first time they have a student in the army, and. Right. They do it telephonically, however they do it. Um, And uh, And you can't wait for July. I cannot wait for July. Of course, you know, he needs to serve as uh, head of one of the um, divisions at Stone, so we'll have him only for like a a week or maybe just a few days, Camp Stone. So uh, we'll only have him for a few days home, but then I get to see him on campus uh, next year. And I've arranged that his dorm room will be actually next to my (laughs) office. So it'll be great. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. Let them know. Uh, you quote in this uh, delivery, in this speech, you quote two, at least two. There may be more. I just don't recall the second. Uh, oh, there actually there are more than one. Uh, some of the great Torah giants. Tell us what Rav Lichtenstein, who just passed away recently, uh, said about this entire concept of serving in the Israeli army. So Rav Lichtenstein has an article about the ideology of Hezder, in which he speaks about in great length about the responsibility to serve and the responsibility basically to put your own personal, you know, uh, protection or safety and security on the side in order to help the larger Klal Yisrael, but then circles back to the recognition of the fact of the fortitude and the personal development that even happens to the individual, which is something that we've seen in our own son, the maturity that he goes through or the priorities or what, you know, what is chashuv, what is important, and what is lo chashuv, what is not really so important. The other piece that I did mention, uh, in addition to the stories, which I'll get to in a second, was that when he asked to serve in the Israeli army, we told him that he needs to speak to Rav Aaron Lichtenstein Zatzal, um, and we needed to hear from Rav Aaron Lichtenstein that this wasn't just an American going off and wanting right. to serve in the army, but it was something serious. So I remember Rav Lichtenstein, I was speaking to Rav Lichtenstein about this, and he says to me, Kenny... This is not a lark. 
with right. Yosef, you know. First of all, I had to look up what that word exactly means. But the bottom line is that... <laughs> As every conversation with Rebbe I'll make sure I have a dictionary. Right. So, um, so he... It was important to us that both Rav Lichtenstein, a blessed memory, and Yibadol Ben Chaim Lechayim, his son, Rav Moshe Lichtenstein, had serious conversations with him because he's not... He hasn't grown up in a culture that everyone goes into the army. Right. We wanted to make sure that he was... You know, that he was doing this for all the right reasons. The right we, mindset. Right mindset. And we also, we didn't think that we were the best judges. We were the best judges of his character. But we weren't the best judges to make sure that he was doing it the same way others were doing it for the right reasons. And hearing it from both of them made a real difference for us. The stories really have to do very much with the fact that Gedole Torah, of all stripes, have always recognized the centrality of uh, the IDF and of an F soldiers. So when um, so when Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach was approached by one of his Talmidim, that he one of his students, that he wanted to go up north to to pray at the uh, at the graves of the righteous, Rav Shlomo Zalman Orbach responded, "Why do you need to go up to the north? Why don't you just go to Har Herzl and just and just pray there?" Graves of the soldiers. Um, the graves of the soldiers, and and, and pray there. They are also tzaddikim, and the recognition of that. Rabbi Salvechik has a beautiful, beautiful piece regarding the holiness of the flag of Israel, and that while we're not into giving icons holiness, uh, the fact that the flag of Israel has been something that so many soldiers and so many citizens have selflessly given of their lives to protect, that it endows that icon with holiness. Um, you have Rav Gusman, who, who when uh, Shlomo Uman of blessed memory, who I didn't mention this in the in the, in the speech, but he actually was my older Chavrusa in Shalavim's um, when he when he was uh, that would be killed, Doctor Alman Doctor Alman's son, the you know the Nobel, the Nobel uh, Prize winner, right? Nobel Prize winner, when Rav Gusman made a shiva call to Doctor Alman and Shlomo Alman's um, widow. Uh, he, he explained that he had a he had a son, uh, a baby that was killed in the Holocaust, uh, k- taken out of his hands and killed in front of him, and that he had never sat shiva for the baby, and that he created an image, Rav Gusman, uh, who was again a big Russian shiva in Eretz realm before that, uh, in Europe, about how the fact was that in Shemayim, in the heavens at this point in time, that his his son that was murdered in the Holocaust, Mayor. Uh, was uh, welcoming Shlomo into the uh, the Beit Midrash, the sanctuary of martyrs, and since he he Shlomo was not just killed uh, because he was a Jew, but he was killed protecting other Jews. He was the Shliach Tzibor. He was right. leading the the crowd, and he asked uh, Doctor Alman if he could sit with him and sit shiva for him, with him, so that he could finally sit shiva for his own son. So you hear these things, and you see also all over Israel. When when I'm in Israel with with our son, and we take a uh, and we take a cab, you know, most of them they can tell from my Hebrew that I'm not a <laughs> a native. <laughs> that, that my son is a chayal bodeid. He's a lone soldier. So we can tell from his Hebrew also. And you know, there are many times in which they they won't take a fare. They just won't. Or, You've had that experience. I've had that multiple times. Oh my gosh. Or or uh, or my son has had many times where uh, um, 
where he'll be trying to get a bus and a cab will stop and say where you're going and just take him and he'll want to pay at least the amount it would cost him on the bu- uh, on the bus and the and the cab won't right. won't uh, won't take the fare. Unbelievable. How un- how incredible that you're here discussing this topic between Yom Atzmut and Yom Yerushalayim. By the way, if you don't mind, I'd like to read the um, the paragraph of the speech regarding what Rav Soloveitchik said about the flag of Israel. Again, because we're between Yom Atzmut and Yom Yerushalayim, and I, I think the way uh, you presented it here uh, will be even more understood to everybody out there. Uh, if you ask me, how do I, a Talmudic Jew, and this is this is Rav, Rav Soloveitchik, this is Rav Soloveitchik speaking. If you ask me how do I, a Talmudic Jew, look upon the flag of the state of Israel and has it any halachic value, I would answer plainly. I do not at all with the magical attraction of a flag or of similar symbolic ceremony. I do not, I do not hold rather at all with the magical attraction of a flag or of similar symbolic ceremonies. Judaism negates ritual connected with physical things. Nonetheless, we must not lose sight of a law in the Shulchan Aruch to the effect that, quote, one who's been killed by non-Jews is buried in his clothes so that his blood may be seen and avenged. As it's written, I will hold the, I will hold innocent, but not in regard to the blood which they have shed in regard to those from, from the Gentile community who murdered Jews. It's a quote from Yoel. In other words, the clothes of the Jew acquire certain sanctity when spattered with the blood of a martyr. How much more is this so of the blue and white flag? which has been immersed in the blood of thousands of young Jews who fell in the War of Independence, defending the country and the population. It has a spark of sanctity that flows from devotion and self-sacrifice. We are all enjoined to honor the flag and treat it with respect. And that says it all. Unbelievable. You know, yes. we had, um, at the, the last time I was in Israel, um, the army didn't let my son out of... Uh, he was, again, by Shechem, in a base by Shechem. So I went there on Friday. Friday is like visiting day, so you can go visit. Um, and first of all, it's unbelievable to see how the Israeli army is so sensitive to halacha. Um, so obviously on the practice basis, when you're, when you're in, in the stage in which you're being tr- going through training, uh, um, Shabbos is able to be more fully observed. So, for example, on his training base, when you open the door, when you open the gate, there's actually two switches. There's the Shabbos switch, which is a grama switch, an indirect causation of electrical flow to open the door, which which lowers any type of religious concern. I mean, this is on a regular army base. Right. It's just unbelievable. As opposed to on a front base like this, where, you know, because of the celebration of Shabbat has to be, they have to be concerned about Life, um, you know, all of those uh, niceties basically go away. So my son asked me a question, which I then asked Rav Shechter, um, and that is, he knows that on Shabbat, if he's doing patrols, in a, especially on the Yishuvim, on the various small towns near Shechem and others, that he's allowed to carry his gun, his water, all different types of grenades, uh, ammunition, the equipment. Essential equipment, right. right. But... You get a break during that time. So is it permitted to carry also a book or a sefer? Is it permitted to carry a sefer? He knows that halach, that religiously it's permitted to carry the gun and all the stuff, yeah. but can he carry a Mishnah Brura or Shulchan Arua, you know, a small... For his free time. For his free time. Can he carry that? 
That's a good, great question. You normally, you know, in America, that question is asked the opposite way, right? Here, there, it's asked that way. So I asked Rav Shechter the question. Rav Shechter told, you know, explained, you know, because it's important for his own, you know, mental health that he have that downtime. You know, if there is a way of doing it, how to do it, it was it was a pretty rigorous protocol. Um, but the point is not the answer to the question. Right. The point is that these are the questions that all, you know, all of the soldiers who are connected to both a commitment to Medina Israel and Am Yisrael and Torah Yisrael, these are the questions they're asking. It's a totally different type of question. Uh, he, he, you know, he comes home. Uh, or he comes to a friend on Shabbat and he takes apart the gun and then because he's walking in certain areas, he puts it to, together again. You know, does he violate the Malacha Mafarik? You know, these are, like, these are not questions that we have in our lexicon of diaspora Jewry. But thank God that after 2000 plus years, there are Jewish kids and Jewish families uh, asking this question, but I think we all hope that there will come a time where Israel will be so strong that soldiers won't have to walk around with guns, right. and that will that will represent a, a different level of strength. No question about it. All right, Kenneth Brander is Vice President of University and Community Life, Yeshiva University. You can uh, search the article online. It is based on the speech he gave, uh, Yom Azikaron, Israel Remembrance Day and Yom Atzimut at Yeshiva University. It's called, What Does It Mean? to be the parent of a chayal. I also remind you that Shavuos with Yeshiva University is always a big hit. This year it's three days, of course, over Memorial Day weekend at the Westchester Hilton in Rybrook, New York. Information, if you search that online, you'll get plenty of information about it. The lineup is amazing, and it's always an incredible event because of some of the reasons we cited earlier. It's usually sold out by now, but between the three days and the larger number of rooms, you have a break this year. Uh, that you still have some rooms available, so take advantage now and make sure not to be shut out. And also a mazel tov uh, to those, including the Lowers and the Bergs and others who are being uh, right. honored tomorrow night. That's at the uh, Yeshiva University High School dinner. I hope to be there by Zrat Hashem. As you know, a lot of the people being honored mean a tremendous amount to us, and we'll be there tomorrow night, and uh, we wish them a mazel tov. Thank you, Nachum. On tomorrow Thank night's uh, uh, dinner. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you. Rabbi Brander from Yeshiva University on a Monday morning. It's day 37 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Plenty more coming up if you keep it here at JM in the AM.
Maishi Menlowitz with Ure Vanim. Great selection off of the sheer double CD. It's JMM on a Monday, 70 degrees, partly cloudy, a high temperature of 83. 8.30 in the morning. Uh, well, at the end of last week, we uh, started to uh, <laughs> we started to make some sense of what was going on with the Israeli uh, election results and the formation of a government. Uh, there's no question that because of the um, the tight nature of Israeli politics at this point, without any real dominant party, there's a tremendous amount of horse trading going on in order to form a government. And uh, Phil Rosen is with us live via telephone. Phil's always involved, not just as a, um, a friend and confidant of the prime minister, but somebody who actually gets involved in some of these negotiations. In addition to being an activist, he is vice chair of the Republican Jewish Coalition, um, chair of the American Friends of Lee Kud, and he's with us live via telephone. Phil Rosen, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you very much for having me. The nature, a pleasure. The nature of this uh, government, the way things stand in Israel now, without a dominant party without a real clear-cut majority, it really makes for a tremendous amount of negotiations before a government can be formed. What did you think of this process as it went to the final hour? So the process is always a very difficult one. I actually think that other than one twist at the end, this process went relatively relatively smoothly. And uh, the, the let me explain that. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the past, and people don't remember, but years ago, you used to have factions inside of parties. So inside of Likud, you had the Olmert faction, the Sharon faction, the Sylvan Shalom faction, right. and the Bibi faction, all sorts of factions. Today, you've got party unity inside Likud. You've got Bibi in charge, there's no doubt about that, and you've got a pecking order of people under him inside the party. So you've got a unified party with 30, 31 votes, 31 seats, or 30 seats, I don't even remember what the final result is, um, 
which is which is pretty impressive. Now, the other side of the coin is is the other parties. Remember very well that the two of the other parties, the two major other parties, are former um, associates of the prime minister. Right. So Kalani and his party is a former Likud uh, bigwig um, who has remained close to the Likud party, uh, and Naftali Bennett is a former uh, chief of staff for the prime minister, who, although he has his differences with the prime minister, both in policy and in his position, I think that when the time came to make a decision, he got more than uh, than he bargained for with uh, Ayala Chaket being the justice minister. Mm-hmm. But I think he did very well, and I think that'll be the one difference between one big difference between this government and the previous government is this government agrees on policy. They agree um, on dealing with the Palestinians. They agree on the Iran policy. They agree on almost everything. They also will have some differences on domestic uh, issues, especially economic policy. Um, but Kalani is going to take a role on that. He's going to do very well. And I think you don't have Lapid anymore in the government, who was a giant um, negative for effectuating policy. That's the beauty of this. You also don't have you don't have um, uh, Tibi Livni, who has been a problem for the prime minister from the very beginning of the government, um, but he was forced to keep her in the government and forced to give her a big position. Don't have any of that anymore. You know, Phil Rosen is with us. Look, we're glad to hear that it was, you know, that you describe it as smooth and in many ways, except for, as you said, the, you know, one of the final uh, nuances, it was a relatively smooth uh, formation. But w- what we fear, and I'm sure people in Israel must be thinking about this, the average citizen, is that, you know, at 61 seats, a government like that, that number just seems so tenuous. It seems like there's, you know, such vulnerability when you're dealing with a number like 61 out of 120. Are you able to declare that despite the, uh, the fear surrounding that number, that it's got some strength, it's got some permanence to it? Well, you, you, I'd rather have a government of 61 where you agree on policy than a government of 67 where you've got eight or nine votes that don't agree with anything you're doing. So to me, the agreement on policy and the direction the government should take is more important than the number of seats. You're over 60. That's what matters as far as the number of seats is concerned. Agreement on policy is a giant um, plus to this government, and I think that'll that'll show itself in the coming years. Mm -hmm. I also think that the prime minister is open to adding people to the government. I think the one the one party or two parties you won't see in the government is you won't see our elected in the government at any time soon. Yeah, that I understand, but what's the likelihood of, of some other party joining in? So I would very much doubt that you would have a, um, a unity government with um, the Zionist Union and whatever they call themselves today um, in, in the government. I would very much doubt that. Um, Will Lieberman join the government at some point in the future? I don't know. He, you know, he did something 
which really surprised a lot of people who are insiders um, in in backing out at the very last minute. That was um, you know it was a big surprise. I think that people expected uh, Lieberman to be part of this government. He was going to be foreign minister, you know, which is the second most important title in the government. I I was very surprised that that he made that move. Um, I think the reason he made it was he saw um, the problems with being uh, with being in, in a government in a BB government. Right. That was his issue. Phil Rosen is with us. All right, uh, now to your other hat for a moment. Um, what's the status of the Republican Jewish Coalition? with so many candidates, both declared and undeclared, in the Republican field? So there are a lot of, a lot of great candidates. Um, that's the beauty of, of the field this year, uh, or this, this election cycle. Um, we had um, probably, well, definitely the largest number of people attending the leadership uh, weekend uh, two weeks ago in, in, uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, over 800 people, and to add to that, what's really important is you had over 150 people at Minion on Friday night. <laughs> Very That's nice. Giant shift. I mean, <laughs> seven years ago, seven years ago, we had two members of the RJC um, and eight eight staff members at Minion. That was what we had, in, and now we have 150 people now. The Friday night dinner, everybody, for the first time, everybody was in attendance, all 800 people, and we had, you know, full Friday night Shabbos, Shabbos dinner, and uh, at the end of dinner, at the end of uh, Kiddush and, and uh, Hamotzi and, and, you know, everything else that we do during dinner, Kevin McCarthy, who's the Senate Majority Leader, uh, House Majority Leader, um, took over the position of Eric Cantor, he got up to speak and he gave a rousing speech about the connection between uh, Congress and Israel. Just a beautiful, beautiful speech. The next morning we had Ted Cruz and Rick Perry and all sorts of other people speaking to us. Just a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I I highly, highly um, advocate that people should go if uh, if they're motivated both politically and in that direction. But the question um, is, the question is, what you know, the the bulk of the Republican support in the Jewish community is going to go where with so many people to choose from? So right now, it's um, it's up in the air. There are a lot of good candidates um, in the RJC on the board of directors. You have people going in all sorts of different directions. You've got people supporting Jeb Bush, many of whom worked with um, either the father or the brother um, in their governments. Um, but you've also got a lot of people supporting Walker, people supporting Marco Rubio, and people supporting Ted Cruz. Those are the four that have stood out so far. Um, I had Carly Fiorina in my office, and she is a dynamo. She's just terrific. And these are all people who support Israel Way beyond anybody on the any any possible candidate on the Democratic side. What do you th- What do you think of Mike Huckabee's support of Israel? I, lo- I love his support. I was with him in Israel a few months ago, and he asked me to speak to his group of, of Christian leaders, 
and um, he's terrific. The the only issue with some of these candidates, not giving any specifics, is can they win and can they beat um, you know the, the the lady on the other side of the political spectrum. Right. That's the uh, that's the question. Um, and so you evaluate candidates both based upon their support of Israel and um, and and their policies, and then secondly, can they win? And that's that's the analysis that everybody goes through um, right now. Hmm. Uh, I'd ask you know, I'd ask you which party Bibi would like to see in office, but uh, I'm assuming he's adhering to the uh, to the dictum that one should not interfere with another country's politics. <laughs> and he will he will never. <laughs> He will never advocate for any policy or person. He's very, very careful on that. But uh, obviously, you know, there are uh, there are issues with the current president and the prime minister in terms of policy and especially in terms of how to deal with Iran. And so I think uh, I think that will bear on the election coming up. Remember, Hillary Clinton was secretary of state for an administration that is really not very helpful to to uh, Israel on the Iran issue. And uh, it's very troubling. Yeah, I, yet, yet for some reason I still believe if she would become president that the prime minister would be able to have a better relationship with her than he has with the current administration. I, I think you're probably right. I think that um, it will be easier to deal with her, but... Um, you know, one of the great things about uh, about one of the good things about her, I would say, great. One of the good things about her is she does have Bill Clinton standing, hopefully, by her side. Right. That, uh, you know, he he was he was a president who was, although we had differences with him as well, but he was clearly better for Israel, and particularly on issues like Iran, than uh, than this president uh, has been. Phil, I thank you. Most important thing we learned is that uh, despite the number, the magic number of 61, this government of Israel might be a bit more secure and solid than we think it is. Exactly. And thank you again, Nelson. Thank you for all you do. It's always a pleasure to be on your show because of the great things you do for the Jewish people and, uh, and for our community. And I thank you for doing I greatly appreciate that. And before you go, I, I just got to give a shout out to a group of people that you alerted me to just before this conversation. Uh, the FIDF dinner in the five towns or Long Island, maybe it's the entire Long Island region is coming up. You told me in about 10 days or so. And they have, and they have recognized through a photo gallery all those uh, community members, uh, kids basically from the five towns community who are now serving in the Israeli defense force. And uh, based on what you told me, it's a pretty amazing number. We have a lot to be yeah. pr- we have a lot to be proud of out there. It's really it is amazing. I think it's eighteen kids, and there's uh, in each of the synagogues and temples in the five towns. There are pictures of of the kids with their names and and uh, ages and which army units they're serving in. And it's just you look at it and you know you get emotional because these are great kids. I listened to Rabbi Brander talking about what it's like to have a kid serving in the IDF. Yeah. And I think that uh, call to every one of them and to all of their parents. Really, really amazing. Is. Really amazing. Thank you, Phil. Have a great day. Take care. Phil Rosen, he is um, uh, he's a vice chair of the Republican Jewish Coalition. He is the uh, chair of American Friends of Likud and, of course, active in so many different things, including the process that just...
wrapped up in Israel to form an Israeli government for the current Knesset uh, under the leadership of Prime Minister Netanyahu. Uh, J.M. and the A.M. at a quarter before 9 o'clock. By the way, speaking of Israel, Mayor Weingarten has his own take on things when it comes to uh, Israel and the elections, etc. And uh, he'll be on with the uh, Israel show coming up with a live edition. He'll talk about Prime Minister Netanyahu's struggle to put the finishing touches on the government. He'll talk about his own thoughts on the 70th anniversary of the end of World War II and much, much more in Israeli music mix and plenty more. All coming up 15 minutes from now. Make sure to like the Israel Show Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Israel Show, facebook.com slash the Israel Show. Show of Tower, love of 
Nine minutes before nine o'clock, Monday morning at JM in the AM. Stay with the stream all day long at jmtheam.org. Don't forget the NSN app allows you to uh, comment on anything happening during our show. Um, NSN app for Android and for iPhone. Just go to the uh, home screen. It says uh, add a comment. And you can go ahead and do just that. You could add a comment. Um, Shuvu has their annual reception at the home of the Hach family. Uh, that happens in Kew Gardens Hills tonight. That's tonight beginning at 8.30 p.m., the Queen's annual reception for Shuvu. Uh, the Hach family will be the, uh, the host, the guest speaker of Y.Y. Rubenstein, who, as we know, is pretty amazing. Um, ShuvuUSA.org has information. ShuvuUSA.org for information about the event. That happens tonight out in Queens. And Muna, which was born through the tireless efforts of a few visionary women in Israel in 1935, will pay tribute to empowering women at its spring luncheon on Tuesday, May the 19th. This is happening at the Prince George Ballroom in New York City. And the list includes some uh, amazing people, including Miriam L. Wallach. General Manager of the Nahum Siegel Network and host of That's Life. She'll be the keynote speaker that that uh, afternoon at the uh, Tuesday, May 19th, Spring Luncheon uh, on behalf of Emuna. Bergen County residents Sarah Grunstein and Tova Gerson are serving as chairs. Cheryl Bornstein, Shane D. Brothman, Ronnie Faber, Amy Gibber, Felicia Honig, Lisa Schechter, Debbie Siegler, local committee members. Proceeds from the event support Emuna's Girls Education to Vocational High School's and it's College for Young Women in Israel. Honorees at the luncheon include Alana Kessler, founder of uh, Sangha Yoga Shala, a community yoga and wellness boutique. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Dr. Joyce Wegg Rizitsky, child and adolescent psychiatrist. Lisa Septimus, Yoetzin Halacha for the five towns and Manhattan communities. And Robertson of the Young Israel of North Woodmere. And Susan T. Wegg, a specialist in speech, te- speech language mythology. Dr. McCole Tuchman, a popular dermatologist in Englewood, New Jersey. All these women will be recognized in, uh, during the Amuna luncheon happening on the 19th of May. Keynote speaker, Miriam L. Wallach. Information, reservations, etc. 212-564-9045. 212-564-9045. You can go online. Amuna.org. Amuna with an H at the end. Amuna.org slash spring luncheon. Amuna.org slash spring 
luncheon. More coming up. This is JM in the AM, and this is Simcha Liner.
Israel and Achimachem, my brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Wraps up a Monday for us here at JMN. Make it a wonderful work and school week ahead, everybody. Tomorrow morning we're back. We'll start at 6 a.m. I hope you'll join us. Mayor Weingarten next with a live edition of The Israel Show. Make sure to like The Israel Show Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash The Israel Show. And stay with our stream all day long at jmnam.org. On the NSN app, very simple. Go to the NSN uh, app on your phone and uh, install it. Listen, comment, etc. Use all the features of the app. Have a fabulous Monday till tomorrow. Nachum Siegel reminding you. Have a yeah right. Nachum Siegel reminding you. <laughs> Remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.